welcome to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. I'm your host, Wyndham Lewis, and I'm here with both of my brothers, a rarity these days, Christian Lewis and Jeremy Sartori. And we are, in a very timely fashion, on February 2nd, uh, counting down the best albums of 2023. Uh, a lot of good stuff this year. I think we all had a little bit of a struggle picking a favorite, and um, I won't, I won't uh, spoil the show for you by saying which one it is, but... Uh, would, I think we all felt like there was a huge, um, there was a there was a large portion of of albums that we really liked that we were loath to cut from the top twenty or twenty one as we do. Um, but let's, uh, in in honor of that fact, let's uh, name some of the honorable mentions that didn't quite make the top twenty. Christian, what are a couple of your favorites from twenty twenty three that did not quite make the cut? Yeah. Well, first of all, happy to uh, happy to be back, um, and uh, glad that we're we're <laughs> digging into this. Um, you know, mid February, um, <laughs> as we uh, as we get ourselves organized, and um, uh, but it's it, it was a really great year, I think, um, and uh, it took me a little longer to to fully digest it all. Um, I guess I would say, but uh, you know, there were a few things that like really stuck out to me, and and kind of made my list a little bit higher up I think than than yours um one of them was like Olivia Rodrigo uh her Guts album I think is just this great like large like super mega scale pop music I'm so impressed by like you know she's 19 and wrote this herself um and I think it's just uh like she has a an incredibly bright future um obviously as as uh as, as a musician and a talent but like seems totally confident um mm-hmm. in in her writing ability too. wasn't she a child um, performer yeah and I, I think has been on stage long enough and and um has has sort of been in the, the public eye long enough that she um is uh it's it's not a mystery to her but it's also like there's a certain um Star quality, uh, sort of care, carefree, yeah, carefree quality about it that I think is is really um, kind of intriguing. Yeah, um, I also have like a, a you know I particularly like lines that are simultaneously written for radio edit and <laughs> um, uh, and and the you know live album quality. It has like a '90s like you know late '90s rap quality to it, where yeah. like oh, we've <laughs> actually written two two versions of this lyric just so that the kids can sell or can buy our albums too. Um, so that's one uh, I would say. You know, Young Fathers was was on my list. I think Heavy Heavy is a great album. Um, Bar Italia, Tracy Denham. Um, that was the first of two albums that they released this year. Uh, and I think, like, I would have thought they would be pretty high on my list at the end of the year. Unfortunately, they released a second album. Um, and uh, that, that kind of tamped down the mood a little bit. Um, I think, unfortunately, but- Jared and I saw them live. And it knocked them off our both of our lists. I, I love yeah. that. I, I really like that album a lot. But yeah, yeah. And I mean, when we first uh, when we first heard it, we were just like, oh man, I haven't heard anything like this in a while. But it, it's um, uh, you know things move over the course of the year. It's a good example of that. Um, you know, uh, boys and girls, remember to release your albums in November. Yeah. Um, and then Zach Bryan was uh, was really the the last one I thought I'd. I'd 
plug, or excuse me, last of two, Zach Bryan and BC Camplate. Um, I'll, I'll mention BC Camplate just because I think that actually is one of the albums that I spent the most time with this year. Um, it has a very, like, ci- kind of cinematic quality. Um, I couldn't tell you a ton about the artist. I, mean, I was going to ask know, you, who not, are they? But you'd, you'd answer my question. I know he's a... Uh, yeah, I know he's an American who's like relocated to uh, to the UK. Um, uh, a Taken few years the name ago. from a uh, Canadian province, <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, I, I think is let's let's come back to it next episode because I, I it's it's something I want to like know more about and understand a little better, but um, just uh, just don't have it. Um, don't have it at the the tip of my fingers. So, how about you, Jared? Um, so that's. Oh, go ahead. No, no. I mean, I think I think it was a great year for like the nearly made it's. Frankly, um, I'm I'm thinking through those names and like those are all great albums. So it's a pretty good sign of, of what's to come in the top twenty. Jared, what? Yeah, no, I, sorry, I know what you're gonna ask already, so yeah. I'm, uh, I'm going in. But um, but yeah, no. I mean, everything Christian name for sure. Um, and then I, I'll just emphasize the Zach Bryan one was a bit of a surprise for me because, you know, I, I, I like country music quite a bit, um, and I'm definitely hooked into a certain aesthetic with country music um, and, you know, sort of poo-poo the, the mainstream sort of radio selling out the stadium, and this guy kind of does both, which is, is unique. Um, and it felt a lot like a also, you know, I know none of us are huge like Bruce Springsteen fans, but we like portions of his catalog and... I really thought that album, like, there's a couple of tracks on there that sound like outtakes from, like, you know, Darkness or, or Born in the USA that are that are really kind of good bangers and, and good, like, just um, universal pop song, pop songs that kind of cover a lot of ground. The three that I'm going to throw out, though, too, have, like, a, a really similar aesthetic and sound, and it's it's kind of like what mood you're in. And um, I think 2023 is a little bit of a, a dark year, but it reminded me, like, a these albums remind me like of some of the 90s dance music I liked a lot um, like Pangea I don't know if you guys ever tapped into that I know I tried to you know force it on you guys a few times but it just feels like you know Basement Jacks and Chemical Brothers and you know a lot of amphetamines in one <laughs> dance record that just you know you can sort of just feel yourself sweating already and, and uh, I love it I think it's really good all the feel way yourself through. sweating sitting on the couch <laughs> yeah <laughs> Sweating good, at 47 good. years old as if I'm in a nightclub. And Unfortunately for me, that's actual sweat. <laughs> Got a good yeah, drug exactly. sweat going. That's just my fireplace, you know. Um, I really like the uh, Kalila album and the uh, Livy too, for the same reason. They, they have, like, really... I don't think, like, anything about those records are, are ultimately, like, super unique except for really good vocals, like, you know, female vocals, and then just the dance grooves are really familiar to me. That's like this kind of, you know, kind of house slash drum and bass like stuff that that's really subtle. And, um, I, I dug those because of that. They both kind of hooked me and, um, I know they were higher on my list. And then I know we, we kind of touched on the Subjin Stevens album, which I would just say, go back and listen to it. It's, it's, it's one of his better, and I like all of his stuff, but it's one of his better ones. And this one is, it's a big album. Um, and definitely caught me, uh, like just popping it on while I'm cooking or something and it's really good so those are the ones that I kind of you know I wasn't surprised with the dancier stuff with you guys not having it on your list but um they definitely grabbed me more than I even thought you know based on just kind of having a sound that I 
I guess it was a little nostalgic for and sweating on my couch to uh, nice. phone, you know, nice. go with amphetamines. Uh, Wayne, I, how about you? I, I want to give out a couple of end of year awards. Uh, one is for uh, Lorraine for the best album title of the year. She was very close to making the list, but her album is called I Killed yeah. Your Dog, which I think is <laughs> about as bold and funny of an album title as I've seen in a long time. And then, it's um, a great breakup album. Yeah, I think, and, uh, and I also really enjoy, uh, I'm a sucker for a mixed metaphor or a, you know, somebody who's smart enough to misuse grammar um, for humor's sake, and uh, uh, Jonathan Rado's For Whom the Bell Tolls For, um, I yeah. think it's one of the funnier <laughs> album titles, um, but I also Agreed. really like that record, it's, um, you know, he's one, he is the the musically creative half of Foxygen, and I think he's better on his own, frankly. Uh, I love a couple of Foxygen singles, but I, I, you know, he's got a pretty sustained career as a producer in front of him. Uh, he's actually soundtracking uh, or doing the score for a friend of the pod, Gabe Bernini's horror, upcoming horror movie, so um, that'll be a lot of fun. Um, and then just last but not least, certainly not least, is Lana Del Rey. Uh, I love this album. Uh, I had it much higher on my list than anybody else, um, but I do think it suffers from its from those um, extended speaking spoken word tracks. One by um, a televangelist, and um, the other by John Batiste. And you know, they're the kinds of things like in jokes on an album, like you know, out, you know when the Pixies, you know. I, there were rumors he was into field hockey players kind of thing where you heard it a million times but you kind of wish you could just extract it at some point and listen to the album I think there's a couple great singles on the Lana Del Rey album but didn't quite make the cut so with that said Christian number 20 number 20 we have Yeji's With a Hammer um, and I think you know I want to start out by just uh, shouting out like God Mode Records for um, for for sort of you know digging her up and working with her in the first few years um, and and really um, sort of helping uh, helping her get a get a platform. But like I think this is awesome. Um, I think it's like this sort of cool mix of um, like hip hop house. Like uh, it's just it's got like really clubby sensibility, um, but also uh, it's a pretty earnest album um with kind of cool um like thought-provoking lyrics at times i think um that are both in english and and korean um and you know just given the the sort of like mega ship that is k-pop um and like the the sort of the the like cultural sort of thing that that like um is is just so big and such a massive money maker um it's pretty interesting to me that you don't see more uh more i guess cross-cultural like influences that sort of affect like what i would call the indie rock world you're right? starting to um you are starting to and i think that's really kind of like paranormal as well right right um and and i think um i think that's that's really exciting and cool um it, it just it, it allows like a completely fresh 
perspective on something that otherwise like you know is is pretty familiar but i think the most important thing here is just that it's a rocking out like mm-hmm. throw it on and like it's just killer dance grooves like i was moving apartments and listened to this like on repeat for you know two and a half days at one point it's a, so it's a surefire um, way to to learn to be hate an album is to uh, equate it uh, somehow with it moving um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, normally, normally that would be true, but I think uh, actually it's I don't know when you when you have like when you have those huge uh, like shitty projects that you have to do. I feel like sometimes you know an album is like the thing that bails you out. Number 19 is uh, Yola Tango's This Stupid World, a band and an album that we all love, and who gets dinged probably a little bit for um, consistency, and we've talked about that a lot with Spoon and other artists that are just so consistently good, and and Yola Tango um, has had a very, very long career at this point, it's, you know, 40 plus years, and they've yet to put out a, a stinker. They've yet to put out even something mediocre. Every album they've ever put out has been good. And, um, and this is no exception. You're absolutely right. And I'm, I'm the one who, who uh, didn't include them on my list. You guys both did. Um, and I think it's, it's worth saying that like, if, I thought they, uh, if I thought they benefited from um, three guys talk it's like three fans of college rock talking about how good they are um i, I probably would have put I was gonna them on say, the list you know they would be like, on the list but from somebody in the, yeah uh, high enough to old reliable Number 18, Jer. Bullies. Yeah, so Bullies, Days Move Slow, which, um, yeah, I re- that's really another album that kind of caught me over the summer, I think. And uh, I, I like her. I think Christian turned me on to her a long time ago, Alicia Bogdano. And uh, from Tennessee, you know, one time uh, intern at Steve Albini's studio in Chicago, kind of learned the ropes. And, and I think this is probably her her least Albini-sounding album. It's, it's I think, kind of the most... Um, what do you call it, sort of produced and, and, you know, kind of pop gleam on there. But I really liked it. In the same way, I, I, a few years ago, really liked the Culture Abuse album where they kind of did, you know, more of a, a, a clean kind of pop version of their their kind of hardcore Cali punk. And um, I feel like this was similar. And, and just, a you know, an album apparently that's about her dog dying and I think breaking up with a boyfriend or something. But it's a, it's a good record all the way through and, and something that I could pop on and, and walk my dog, my dog who's alive. And um, enjoy on uh, this summer. So I know it got a lot of press. You know, a lot of people have had it on their list. I think you guys liked it as well. I think it was, but um, but yeah, fully. Yeah, no, I think I mean she's she's an awesome producer and and pretty ripping guitarist, frankly. Um, and like has historically made uh, you know her her sort of like has had a very public 
like love affair with Nirvana and the work of, of Steve Albini, as you say. And it's like, it for that reason, it's like you go in expecting to hear one thing and like this comes out as a pretty clean pop record in a lot of respects. But like it had a couple of my favorite songs of the year um, on it for sure and, and thought it was really good. Yeah, one of you guys, uh, I forget which one of you uh, um, made the Joan Jett comparison. I think that was Jer. Yeah. Yeah, probably. I mean, I can't remember doing that, but it is a good comparison, so I'll take credit for it. Get you out of sight, like living before you were gone. So I read up on the afterlife. I don't believe in Jesus Christ. Just somewhere we can all be next is number 17 and that's um a record that i champion probably more than anybody else uh it's melena's ahora and melena's is a all-female group from very north of spain and i just put it on and the first thing i said was somebody's been listening to a lot of stereo lab um it's got that same sort of kraut rock drumming um it has you know, it's synth heavy. It is got multiple. Everybody in the band, I believe, sings. Um, it's just a really, I think, a really cool Euro album. And and um, you know, succinctly, we'll just, you know, for people who know, I'll just say these are acolytes of Stereolab, and an album I, that I really. I love this record. It just, I have like a. It's almost like a line in the sand where if I hear something too late in the year, I, I don't usually bump it up that high just because I hadn't listened to it as much. But it, I think it's a great record. I was actually popped it on the other day. It's another one that, like, if it come or if I'd heard it earlier, and I think you did send it out pretty early, and I just didn't pick up on it until late. But it, you, it's you've got to relax your standards. Right I heard shit in mid-January that I was still <laughs> including on this list. Well, you were out of your in the cage, so uh, yeah, to sort of ease into things. But, um, <laughs> But yeah, no, I love this record. I think it was great. Uh, I was, I was really, and it's also uh, Spanish language, so, um, yeah. and so I, you oh, know. Oh, yo no hablo. No, I, I don't understand the lyrics, um, and it doesn't <laughs> matter. And, and I've got a couple of those on my list, and you've got some on yours as well, which is kind of crazy. Let's do one more and then we'll take a break. Um, number 16 is, is one of Christian's favorite records of the year, Geese, 3D Country. Yeah, I, I really got hooked on this one. And and I uh, I think it was... So it's it's the album's had like a fair amount of um, a fair amount of press I know and uh, I think partly just because it it has such unusual vocals. It's a um, you know it's a group of like teenagers from Brooklyn um, and uh, they have like a vaguely talking headsy vibe um, to some of the uh, some of the vocals so I think that's that's um, certainly gotten them a lot of attention they um, you know made really what I would say is like pretty a 
kind of abrasive post-punk previously. And then, like, with this album, it got a lot more melodic, a lot more, like, almost, like, folksy, like, they were playing around with country. I hate to say that it, like, has sort of elements of, like, jammy stuff in it, but, like, it, it totally does. Um, and, you know, I think it, it, it really... I've done a terrible job selling it just there, but like I think it really like kind of congeals and and like it hangs together and and like the um, spin you doctors know. meets um, you know. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly meets like the uh, you know um, meets war <laughs> yeah um, so I think these like it's they're very good musicians I think they know how to play like inside and outside of like sort of the melodies and structures that like they're building together like they're smart guys and they they have played a lot together which is always just a good place to start um and uh and then i think like you'll have this moment where suddenly the the vocals stop being like something that's jumping off the page at you and it's it's sort of more woven in like another instrument and once you get to that it's like the whole thing just i think is is uh fantastic and works really well and i know that was a, a favorite of um our producer damien kendall's as well so all right well speaking yeah, of damien let, let's let's take a quick break and uh give let damien play a little bit of music um and then we will uh we will come back with 15 to 10 or 15 Ooh. to 11 or some or number of other albums <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> God of the sun, I'm taking you down on the inside. When the Kalayuga comes and closes my eyes, and we can die by the egg crash. I'm trying to find the downside Welcome back to Brother, Brother, Brother and today it's Christian, Win and I and uh, yeah, you know we're, we're doing our best of 2023 in February because it's February and we're doing it um, next album, you know, we're on to <clears throat> number 15, and, and this is an album I, I think Wynn and I both really liked, and, and Christian, I don't know if you got too into it, but Slow Pulp and their album Yard, and Slow Pulp's uh, currently out of Chicago, originally Wisconsin, Madison, and a band that definitely benefited, for me, at least seeing them, I happened to be on a trip out in Northwest, and it was in Oregon, Portland and um and they happened to be playing down the street and went and it was just a great show and it was one of those shows that opposite of Bar Italia for Wynn and I where it actually made me explore more of their catalog and kind of you know check out the band a little more and, and originally you know the band was um childhood friends who've been playing I think together forever in uh, Madison and then put out EP two EPs as, as, as Slow Pulp but then um added um, Emily, I want to say her last name, I'm forgetting, but it might be Messers or, or something, um, to the vocals once they started recording albums and, and really kind of changed the band's sound. But they had a little bit of like shoegaze, a little bit of like new romantic, um, you know, definitely 
seeped in that sort of late 80s early 90s sound and and they put on a great live show you know you can tell that like you were talking about geese christian these guys have played together for a long time and that really comes across when you see a band live um so I, and you said she's I a pretty charismatic young. she's very charismatic she was she was a great front woman and uh you know somebody that like had opened for it's a emily massey massey yeah thank you a bunch of shows that uh we had actually seen prior in the year but skipped the opening act so they'd open for like always when we went to see that no really Shit. yeah and i think i will not be skipping again Yeah, great album, and uh, I'll throw it to you, in for Paranool, the, uh, the South Korea spiritualized at 14. In our tour of world music with Wendell Yes. Yeah. No, I, I have two foreign language... The global sounds. Yeah, I have two foreign language bands, but it's not very world music. It's very identifiably... Uh, I mean, it is, actually, because my, my actual comp for them... Um, Spiritualized is a good comp, but I, I almost feel like it's, and I will probably send people running for the exits when I say this, but it, it feels like um, this is a, a one-person producer, very um, mysterious or very cagey about um, any sort of biographical information, um, but I would say it's somewhere between uh, Sigaros and Coldplay. Um there is, it's a huge sound, but a, that sort of huge contained sound. Um, and I, you know, again, I, I sort of caught into it because, you know, I, I listened to it and I realized that, that it wasn't in my native tongue of English. It is in Korean. But then I thought about it and I don't understand the goddamn thing Sigaro says either. And I love them. So um, I, I think this is a really <laughs> good record. Uh, and I, you know, I kind of... It has multiple purposes. I mean, you can throw it on in the background and have it be, you know, sort of, you know, just a big, bold, because um, it is, there is no uh, stops in it. It's very, every song has is sort of a wall of sound that's uh, that it rests on. But uh, I don't know, have you guys, did you guys give this much of a listen? Or was my, yeah, I loved it. did it fall on deaf ears? No, no, no it's a great one, though. Absolutely, everything you said. Secret Rose is actually a better comp for sure, and it's uh, it's another one that yeah, I don't know. It didn't quite make my top twenty, but it it, it was there, and I, I still I'm kind of popping it on, or and I have a couple of the songs on like a you know twenty twenty three playlist. It's, it's a totally unique album. The language doesn't matter at all. It's just a cool sound and yeah. song structure. It's great. Yeah, it's almost like in in the Secret Rose case, it's almost like the vocals are an instrument, not a you know not a conveyor of of meaning. Okay, well, next up is Christian's recent discovery in True Love, uh, number 13, Day Star's Good Star. Daystar was uh, was very highly uh, ranked for me this year, um, and and this was a uh, January discovery that um, most certainly 
benefits from the fact that um, I actually do the tallying and uh, and and scorekeeping here. So um, it, it fired up the ranks, rigging. but. Yeah, uh, absolutely, and, and and ballot box stuffing and everything else. Um, but uh, but wanted to make sure that this one gets out there. So these guys are based in Austin and um, have uh, they're signed with Fuzz Club, which is the record label in London that that um, has King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard and uh, the Black Angels. So just based on that pedigree and um, you know, I, I think we would probably give it a listen. Uh, it's like absolutely on brand for for that type of neo psychedelia um i think they've uh toured last year with like um brian jonestown massacre begging the question how the hell is that guy still alive um and uh you know and and um dandy warhols as well so i mean truly this band sounds like they could be the third partner in uh, the documentary dig um it's also got like these sort of cool inflections and grooves of like Madchester and and you know I, I realize I'm I'm talking a big game here but like it's a great album um, I really really like it I think you guys have had a chance to give it a listen so far have you it's yeah. called Good Star by the way if I didn't mention that yeah I really like it I I really like it and it came on my radar probably too late I, I think it actually came on my radar after I'd made my list um, yeah but I, I you know it is again like. I think, like we said at the top, it every single album I think from uh, you know five to thirty-eight is could easily fit on the top twenty. Yep, agreed. Yeah, agreed. Um, and uh, yeah, the rest is just made up. <laughs> um, so, uh, so I think that's that's Daystar. Recommend everybody gives them a listen because um, I really haven't seen a lot of press out there for them. And I, I think uh, this this may be one that like slip under the radar a little bit. So they're probably playing at a small club near you sometime soon. Um, they so, sound actually like a lot more professional for the size of yeah their scope. It's a, it's a really tight band. Yeah, yeah, they're pro- well. They're produced by um, uh, Alex Mass from uh, from the Angels, so um, so they've definitely got. I, they're they're super plugged in, right? Like um, they've got all the right friends to to be the next big, uh, right. yeah, you know, psych rock band, yeah. Um, and and just a great look uh, on the album cover from from Alex Capistrano, their uh, their lead singer, um, who uh, who's wearing like the full Adidas tracksuit, um, which <laughs> is just a statement. I don't even know if it's intended as a joke, but I love it. <laughs> um, it's it's just a great look, uh, like the the 2003 Ali G. <laughs> So the next album we've got up on this list is also one I wanted to talk about. Number 12, JPEG Mafia and Danny Brown, um, Scaring the Hose. Now, <laughs> um, in addition to being like one of my favorite album titles this year, uh, Scaring the Hose is just fucking killer, right? Like, Danny Brown is s- such a weird dude. I love um, that guy. Yeah, yeah, he's 
absolutely great. And then we have JPEG Mafia, who is uh, a Baltimore native um, and uh, who has been making pretty killer music for you know the last 10 or 15 years even um and i you know i think has has come up with all the interesting influences of of um baltimore club but like is just come out into his own in the last few years as like a killer dj producer um and uh and i think this is just a uh absolutely like bonkers combination that that i wish we you know thought of uh thought of sooner um so he's uh these two guys got together made one of the best rap albums of the year if you um if if you want to talk about amphetamine sweats on the couch jeremy um i think this is uh this is probably the um the the album to listen to um so it's off the wall um like it's pretty aggressive uh i guess is, is pretty much all i'd say but um aside from that it's it's one of my favorite uh rap albums of the year it reminds yeah, me of like a you know grave diggers or something where you just have a collaboration that just works from the get-go it's like oh yeah, yeah run run the jewels <laughs> yeah run the jewels right it's actually also one of the one of the few albums outside the top five that all three of us had on our top 20 list Cut with that top side, my brain fried. Don't do drugs, had two plus one test died. I'm up late, no talk show. Things pop up, got flow. Truck with a hoe, had a bank roll. Shop never closed, it ran a slow. Ain't no way, God can never do shit for me. Um, so from there, I think we are turning it over to uh, a true love of, of yours, Wyndham. Um, and another that I think all three. Oh, yeah, well, certainly that. Okay, that you and I had on there, and I think Jerry, you like this as well. Um, but Mitski's "The Land Is Inhospitable," and so are we. Yeah, I'm a huge Mitski fan, um, <clears throat> particularly "Puberty 2 and uh, "Be the Cowboy." And then I thought the most recent, you know, the more recent album was kind of a misfire, and I was a little bit afraid that that might be a, you know, start a trend um, uh, in her, um, you know. Uh, catalog that you know was maybe not going to be so pleasing and then this one came out and a return, to me it's a return to form I think it's you know it's back to her sort of classic mix of incredibly intelligent thought provoking uh, emotional lyrics and just really amazing sort of hooks it's got I mean the first song um, which was a single has uh, a choir uh, doing the doing background vocals, but it, it. I love that song. It's so good. <laughs> like uh, the opening lyrics of that album are just like just sweep you away. I, I think it's amazing. And um, it's a, it's a record like, that grew on me as the year went on. Like all of her stuff, you know. I, I tend to you know I like it at the beginning. It's nothing that you know. It's a very uh, to you know, use a bad pun, very hospitable kind of sound, but then it always like digs its claws in as, you know, with repeated listens. And I, I do think she's one of the best artists working period. And, you know, it's funny. I saw her five years ago at a place called Mr. Smalls in Pittsburgh. I flew out um, to see her show and it was so 
electric. It was such an incredible. It was right when she switched over from being, you know, sort of taking the usual tact of, you know, fronting a band to really like making it more of a theatrical performance. She came out in shorts and a t-shirt and was uh, in knee pads and uh, was performing on a, it was just a desk and chair in the middle of the stage and she managed to turn that into a full-on theatrical performance and it was, and it, you know, and as she has always done, came out at the end of the show after the encore and just thanked everyone for listening to her. And for some reason, it was so sincere and so, uh, I don't know, it was just a beautiful kind of um, gesture. And I was like, I turned to my friend Sam and I just said, you know, this is, you're never going to see her in a place this small ever again. And true to, you know, it was... It's amazing uh, you could you could get that out given how uh, heavily you were sobbing. In that no, it, I, honestly, it was moving. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It was It was really cool and it was... No, I, I, yeah, I know exactly. It, 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 it's so nice when somebody feels like earnestly grateful for the fans, right? Like yeah. it's, that's we joke about it, but like that's kind of what this is. That's how this works. Yeah, and it's, um, I've yeah, never it's, heard anybody it's do it. So opposite experience when it happens the other way, you know. Yeah, no, but I, I, I had never heard anybody so sincerely come out and, you know, it wasn't a thank you, thank you Pittsburgh, you know. It was, a, <laughs> you know, it was like a plea almost it was like you know i can't believe you guys would come listen to my music and i'm really anyone in pittsburgh knows my music (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) uh it was um but anyway it was i think i think she had done the transformation from that you know sort of playing bass and fronting a band or playing guitar and fronting a band and this kind of you know almost character uh inhabitant you know inhabiting kind of performance but she is uh, now, you know, selling out five nights in every, uh, in, you know, 5,000 seaters, you know, doing five night uh, residencies in every city in America, every big city in America. And it's, she's gone sort of stratospheric and it is great to see because she's a super, she's a huge talent. But anyway, I think we're going to take a break and then we will come back and hit the top 10. Break you right back 
podcast where this week we are going through our best albums of 2023 um up next we have number 10 the tubs dead meat you want to tell us about this one uh jeremy yeah sure um yeah i think christian you and i had this one higher than and many might not even have them on your list so um tubs dead meat is owen williams george nichols or nicholas uh welsh band and uh you know I think they were in a number of bands. It's like one of those times every year I feel like there's a band that was, you know, sort of the, the remnants of five other bands that I'm probably never going to go back to or listen to. And Joanna Gruesome, which a name alone would keep me away, and then the X-Void, um, where these guys came from. And, and I think numerous others, if you if you read their sort of biography. But uh, I just love this record. It's, it's, it's you know, we mentioned College Rock and being fans of College Rock. And we were talking about Yola Tango. And these guys really hit, like, a... A period of, of college rock where I was getting into stuff. I mean, early REM, the chills, uh, you know, sort of fronted by Richard Thompson. And uh, I think the thing that um, Williams really does, I like his voice quite a bit. It's definitely very, very reminiscent of Richard Thompson, but um, they just are really catchy. Like, there's, there's a band that isn't um, afraid of a good hook or good melody, um, you know, but still having that kind of like fuzzy jangle going on um and short songs you know short poppy you know songs about just sort of either being in love out of love you know poking around and slacking you know all the things that you, you sing about in your 20s um but it's uh yeah to me just kind of a banger from start to finish so huge fan i'm of with record. you yeah I, the thing i uh, well so i actually um Realize, like we, I met these guys years ago at Shea Stadium um, on the uh, on that like tiny little balcony outside nice. of the uh, beer um, uh, tub, actually. Um, so, uh, like they were, this is when they were playing with Joanna Gruesome, um, and I just like I fucking love that band. Um, I thought, I mean, I thought they like put together the punchiest like quick pop songs, like pop punk songs and not pop punk but like pop and punk um you know they played fast like uh super melodic um and you know uh heavily distorted music like what's not to what's not to like about that um and uh and i think they've done that here with um male vocals instead of female vocals and you know I, i think these guys can can sing a tune um and like i thought this was a great record as well so i love that this made it onto the um uh onto our final list um and did pretty well too yeah well you know as someone named wyndham lewis i'm uh, completely anti love a good love a welshman <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, but it is i you know i i uh i picture you having your welsh language conversation with joanna grissom joanna grissom again i like Jared sort of just intimated a band that I didn't really listen to and discounted because of the name. I re- There's something about names that are derivative of other famous people's names, like Com Trues and, uh, you know, Joanna Gruesome that just drive me crazy. And so I kind of discounted yes. them for that and probably shouldn't have. Yeah, yeah. I don't really know where that trend came from and feel like it was an in joke that I was always on the outside of. Um, and still am. Uh, well, it has no I, staying power. It's like, you know, it's funny. Yeah. At the moment, you must be kicking yourself a year later. 
Right. Yeah. Well, all, basically, all it tells me is that somebody in the band has a drinking problem. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, um, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's uh, it like ignore that completely and listen to the old Joanna Grissom album from like 2013. I think you'll love it actually. Um, and yeah. listen to the Tubs, Dead Meat. So I'm going to go to number nine, jump ahead, with uh, Being Dead, When Horses Would Run. Um, now, I think uh, I, I would attempt to explain this, Ben, but I think um, in, in some respects uh, I should just let them do it themselves because they've done such a fine job here. And um, reading directly off of, their, uh, off of their Spotify profile, Being Dead is America's number one sweethearts. With their distinct blend of catchy yet unpredictable songwriting, undeniable harmonies, and unbridled spirit, Falcon Bitch and Gumball dole out boo-boos whilst also kissing them better. Aside from their musical achievements, the two took home first place at the 2015 Golden Road Haunted Wine Run 5K Vineyard Stomp in Surrey County, North Carolina. The print prompted them, the wind prompted them to buckle down and train for the 2016 Olympics in Rio de Janeiro, where they swept the competition, returning with five medals and respect of a nation. Inspired by the incredible flavors of their travels, they took to the kitchen for what was their most sensational project to date, their signature restaurant, La Piste Tarte, in 2017. Two Michelin stars and a Pulitzer Prize later, the duo find themselves sitting atop a mountain of wealth generously donated to a charity of your choice. <laughs> Yeah, this is a band that gets the joke. Um, they're uh, they're from North Carolina, I think, and and you know, I, I was saying, um, or th- I've thought of them in sort of the same like, uh, it's funny without feeling like a punchline. Um, it's playful, is what it is. Yeah. I guess that's that's sort of the best way to describe it. And I think um, the B fifty twos were a were a great um, reference point that that you shared, Wyndham. Um, and I think there's just like they're they're on to a great groove here um with uh with this album and and it it really landed as as one of my favorites of the year it's a great listen it's a kind of a junk you know like a junk store kind of throw together sounds like you know they could be playing you know un uh um untraditional instrumentations at times but um you know i i again it was the sort of uh, the the B fifty twos thing came from like the, my my love of early B fifty twos albums. You know the um, first few that that you know really had a lot of conversation between various singers and um, you know and then Fred Schneider who just couldn't sing and so he just talked. Um, but it it had like a, such a party vibe, and you know they were and it was in, and that I think this is what they also have in common. They're both really inviting. Like they want you to come to the party. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, brother, brother, brother loves being dead. Mm-hmm. 
with that, uh, we can turn it over to Wyndham for your number eight album of the year, Hit Parade. Yeah, uh, Roisin Murphy and uh, DJ Cozy. I finally figured out how to pronounce Roisin. Say both of those. Yeah. <laughs> um, <coughs> but I, I'm going to share the, the lead on this one because I know this is one of Jeremy. This is Jeremy had it even more highly ranked than I did. Um, it's just a she, they've been putting music, you know, they've both been doing, putting out music for, you know, 25 years at this point, I think. And, and Roisin Murphy is a Irish singer who transplanted to Stockholm um, some time ago. Uh, and DJ Cozy, I believe, is German, Chair, is that right? He's German, yeah. yeah. And uh, you liked the album he put out a few years ago. Um, you were very effusive about Yeah, it was like 2019, I think. It was great. And uh, I think the two of them together just, <clears throat> you know, it's, um, it is, and again, this is a compliment, not a, uh, um, not slagging anything. It's a great album to pop on and just have going on in the background because it is, uh, it's just so warm and, you know, it's got catchy hooks. It's, it's kind of reminds me a lot of like Alison Goldfrapp's stuff. Um, yeah. There's a lot of. You know, they all kind of came up in the same era, mm-hmm. and I think you know, I think this is it, that's really the closest comp I can think of. But I mean, if you've listened to Roisin Murphy, you know Roisin Murphy. You know, Robin, um, all those sort of um, people circulating Annie. Um, it's kind of like a club aesthetic, but they're full on songs. You know? Yeah, and, and I think it's but it's definitely like a comes from a dance scene and. I, yeah, I like this record a ton too. When it was, it was high on my list, it was definitely an album purely because I played it so much. It just was an album that like I, I did pop on constantly. And um, and Koze is is probably I think one of the best DJs out there for the style that I like. He blends a lot of stuff, but also like deserves I think double billing on this record too. Like definitely like matches what she's doing and, and doesn't over nothing gets overshadowed by like the the music or the DJ it just kind of fits perfectly um, songs like Fader and um, Don't You Know and stuff like that it, it, it's now you can definitely just pop on it, it reminds me too I mean it, I don't know it, you probably agree but it, it's very European in a way it is. Like, it, I mean there's no getting around that every, every comp I've given you is, is European yeah no it's, totally and it, it's definitely of that scene you can definitely feel like you're you know at a club or a cafe or something and, and or, um, like, yeah I, I love it it's a, it is like or wherever the hell they play music. In well, no, it's just, it is the it is the, <laughs> discotheque. It is the ultimate discotheque. Like, daytime and nighttime record in in like the Greek island. Yeah, it's like the morning after and the, the morning of and the night of. It's a good. It's a great record. Yeah, I love like it. Like a like a 1970s Italian pornography soundtrack <laughs> or something. Yeah, or a <laughs> But I, I, also, um, I also think, I, I think we sweat out the amphetamines to come down. We we loved. Uh, I, I know we also all loved um, Roisin Machine, yeah. um, which the tw- I think this was like a COVID pick um, when like neither of us had or excuse me none of us had seen um, 
uh, a human being in person in like six months and we were listening to the irish transplant in like you know sweden's like club album and just like yeah i fucking love clubbing (laughs) um and it's like it it really i mean for me i think rashim machine was was um I, i just stylistically very different didn't have dj cozy and and i i love that um i thought that album was like one of my favorites of hers um but you know what she's like such a sort of legend at this point it's like she's not going to put out something that's anything short of like highly listenable and good um and i think this just it sounds like this was just the the perfect sort of blend of uh of dj and and um and singer, you know. For and you we, guys. we praise you, Roisin Murphy, for putting out awesome club music at, at 50 years old. Um, yeah. <laughs> which is awesome. So, what I, I know of you is that you're based in England. Yes. And you're uh, a woman. <laughs> so, I'm Anyway, next up is uh, probably the Ooh. most talked about and celebrated album of the year in most circles, and the band that looked like they're having the most fun of anybody in history. It's uh, number seven is Boy Genius is the record. And yeah, and let me just let me just say quickly before kicking this to Jeremy that um, I apologize to uh, to our uh, millions of fans um, and the uh, cast and crew of uh, of Brother 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 here because in the time that I've been fucking around getting this list ready, Boy Genius actually announced their retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, so uh, yes, so they're no longer a band. They were when we were going to record this originally. Um, and with that uh, new information, Jeremy, um, uh, over to you. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, you, you announced your retirement only so you can come back for your reunion tour, right? So uh, they'll be back. But um, yeah, I mean, this, you know, when you said it, I mean, you got Phoebe Bridgers, Julian Bigger, uh, and uh, Lucy Dacus. Dacus, Dacus, sorry. You know, all on their their own, having so well in the last you know two to three years that that either graced our list and you know many critics, all critics pretty much across the U.S. and, and Europe and the world. So they're sort of like the Taylor Swift, you know, super group of of indie rock. You know, they have a huge people love this group and these women and um, this album. And it's one of those ones that having all that information, I tend to want to go the other route and be contrarian and. When I pop this album on, I just can't because it's fucking good. And All right, I'll do it then. Um, <laughs> so, I, I here I really like I know this is neither the time nor the place, but I'll do it anyway. I just don't get it, and I, I really like I, I'm, I'm predisposed. I'm like there's so much priming that's going on. Like everything I read says they're amazing. The live shows are supposed to be amazing. They're friends with these really cool people, and like you know they're a super group of, of indie rock. Um, but it literally sounds to me like an album that was written by three different people and like it's there, it almost doesn't even hang together. Like I, I'm not, I don't understand what the band is. 
Yeah, I see. I hear it differently. Like you know, I definitely I can they, hear each song is written by. You can certainly tell who wrote what, and, and they take the lead on those songs. But I think it's just you know they're good harmonies. They play well together, and and they're great harmonies. Are good. I mean, yeah. The, I mean, it's hard to do that, and I think in general, supergroups don't work. And I think as yeah, I think his album I, I would say almost the complete opposite. Like I I would want, I would assume it would be everything that you just said, Christian. But I actually totally the opposite like I think yeah I all disagree well together. everybody disagree I mean I, I, I get that I'm the outlier <laughs> yeah, here it's, it's, it's like it's something I'm not place. hearing <laughs> yeah no 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 I know I'm, I'm coming out as the uh, <laughs> as, it's one as of the only too, person who didn't like this record <laughs> I like I like them on their own um, too I think they're all put out great records so you know it's it would be maybe that's the difference like, yeah they would be on their own yeah no I mean if you didn't like if you don't like their solo stuff but um but, you know, it gets to a point where you hear so much praise that I wanted to be like, okay, like enough. Yeah, I mean, there's you definitely um, room for backlash, but who gives a shit, you know? Yeah. And also, they're, you know, it's a... The, the, totally. I, I, I just, I want to know what, how do I, no, exactly. I, I don't think, I think I'm a, a, a very small speed bump on their, <laughs> on their road to success here. But I hear what um, you're saying. I feel the same way, but I feel that way about Taylor Swift. Like, I'm not, it's not speaking to me. Yeah. But you know, also and I guess that was really it, right. Yeah, fair enough. Um, or and I guess it's who I just don't get. Yeah, that I don't get at all. To, and I'm like, I don't understand this. That's all it is. Is like I, I want to like it, um, and there's a plenty of goodwill here. I just sounds like haven't it. been able to make it through <laughs> the. Uh, haven't been able to make it through. Which the, of the um, three do you hate more? Yeah. Can you... Which actually... Oh, that's good. Um, <laughs> no, don't, don't. I know what you're about to say. The singles, the singles um, are. Um, I think the singles were particularly good, but I think some of the album cuts are. And, and I don't think it's. I don't think it's flawless by any means. I think it's. No. I think it's got a couple. You know, Duh, dead yeah. spots. But um, I don't think. I think the. You I just know, don't understand how it could like be 20 everybody's bucks, so unanimous number one. I don't know like, what it was. How, how is this the thing that... unanimous. I mean, if it was in the top five, I can see how it would be in the top five, for sure. It's yeah, a it's... Good ra- I mean, you know, it, even if you... Even like a Taylor... You know, as a Taylor Swift example, like, even if you don't like the record, you, I think it's pretty easy to see why people do, you know, or like why with Taylor Swift or, you know, I can understand the same thing. What are you trying like, to yeah. say, exactly? Well, I, I don't like her, and I like a win said, but I get like that it's that well done, or that it's like that. Yeah, that works. That it's know? appealing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm just. I get. I'm also being kind of contrarian on purpose, obviously. But like, I. Uh, you, you're I, just it, it is one for me. That, they had even more fun than you did this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's fair. Um, well. This is your number two album of the year. Wow. Um, and you're number 10, I guess, right, Wyndham? Probably, yeah. Yeah, Jeremy's number two and, and Wyndham's number 10. Yeah, and I would, um, I honestly would say, like, and, and I'm not trying to defend it as my number two, it, it's a great record, but it also, some of it had to do with the fact that, like, it just works really well. And I, you know, kind of, like I said, the opposite of what you were saying, Christian, like, I actually just kind of respected the fact that it actually, like, it's hard to do that with three musicians, three different songwriters, and that's why bands break up all the time. And they they kind of nailed it, and they did have like the most fun in the world this year, as you can see on their Instagram, and, and you know sort of created a legion of followers. Like they're gonna mm. they're 
I think that's maybe part of what I'm like. They like kiss have an arm bristling against a little bit is like <laughs> you know it, it's the it's the fact that this feels like a, a concoction of of Instagram. Um, as much it, it, like it feels like a scene. I think that's the fact that they're all still in their twenties. I think it's a concoction of people who are masters of Instagram, but I don't think yeah. it is. I don't feel remotely fair, like yeah. it's, um, you know, that it's, you know, big. You know, it was cooked up in a focus group or anything. I really, you know, it has a uh, authenticity. In right. A, it was. It was a happy accident. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's um, just three people like each well, other. Well, anyway, I'm. I'm glad they're dead. Met you at the dive bar to go shoot some pool Make fun of the cowboys with the neck tattoos Ask you easy questions about work and school I'm trying to be cool about it should we go to the number six album which was ranked super high which i'm embarrassed to say i like um i don't know nearly as well as i should clearly but which was ranked very highly on both of your year-end lists um so maybe kick it to you Wyndham, for jess williamson time ain't accidental yeah it's funny i i think you know again we talk about the timing of releases and how that can kind of flavor um you know our lists and and i think back and realize that margo price put out a record at the very beginning of last year that i think was really pretty great um yeah and then i only heard and I've, I've only i only heard of jess williamson because of her um collaboration with waxahachie with kate uh, with crutchfield uh kate crutchfield um on last year's album planes which also made our list um but her solo albums and i you know I, i'm late to the party certainly but i think this one particularly i think excellent um the best of that sort of americana um singer songwritery records that came out this year and i've been listening to it heavily we're going to see her this month um in boston and uh i just think it's a really well-written um country album with a lot of hooks and um, i'm not going to really over explain she, it because, she's go ahead yeah, I mean, I, well, I've kn- I've known her for a long time through. She was she's been on Mexican Summer forever, right? Okay. And like is is part of their catalog, and and like um, I think she's been cutting an album a year or two, every year or two since like 2014 or 15 or something like that. I think, um, and so have have been sort of familiar with her on the periphery for. Um, uh, and it's a name that that you know you see and wouldn't necessarily it's it doesn't necessarily like uh, immediately stick out. No, it's got that it's got that, that uh, anonymity of the middle you know the um, mid Atlantic coast you know sort of. Um, yeah, Jess Williamson is like two hundred of the people I went to school with, um, <laughs> both male and female. So it's like no, it's a uh, tough. It's a tough. It's like putting out a record as you know Tom Smith, but. Um, it, yeah. it, I think she, you know, that being said, she really distinguishes herself uh, musically. Yeah. She has her obvious, you know, patron saint is Lucinda um, yeah. and Steve Earle, yeah. that kind of flavor. 
But, you know, I think she's pretty traditional country when it comes to arrangements and things, and she's just a really yeah, clever songwriter. Yeah, I was going to say songs like God is Everything, and, uh, you know, which is literally a song about praying. God is Everything. And, and she's from Austin, Texas, and now resides in L.A., and I think has been based in L.A. for a little while. Um, but you hear both. Like, you definitely hear that traditional Texas songwriting style, and, and then... You know, and a little bit of like the Guy Clark thing of being stuck in LA, you know, and, and sort of feeling soulless. Um, it reminds me a little bit of, of uh, Texas Cooking, you know, which was an album that, or old number one by Guy Clark that was an album a lot about, you know, missing Texas but living in Los Angeles. And uh, yeah, I really like this too. I, 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 Christian, you seem to like have known her longer than Wynn and I. I kind of caught on to her the same way with Planes. And, you know, I, I, it's funny you mentioned Margot Price because I did listen to that album quite a bit when it came out, and I like it, but this is the album I wanted more than that. You know, I yeah. love it, the Margot Price one, and this is, like, the one that I really loved in the end, so. Yeah, Margot Price went a little bit skinnerty, and I liked the yeah. I liked the effort. I wasn't, you know, I, and I liked the album, but it just, uh, you know, she went... Um, in a slightly different direction which I applaud but it, I think this album is, is really you know home cooking you know and a good start to finish record it's, yeah I agree there's not, there's, not a, there's not a dud on this album are my love songs lies now that the love is gone there's a one about forever loving you Anyway, next up is a uh, brother, brother, brother favorite and a not-so-well-known artist, Daisy, D-A-Z-Y, at number five. Christian, other body. Yeah, this is, uh, this is definitely a, a favorite of ours, and I think we should start by saying that, that um, Out of Body, which was the 2022 album uh, by Richmond-based um, artist, uh, was sort of our first intro um to to the band um and it's uh it's james goodson um who is like obsessed with the same musical reference points that we are um you know he loves the punk pioneers and and um uh the sort of cbgb era um like (laughs) the uh, cars acdc um, yeah, dead boys. Uh, Madchester, <laughs> sure. Yep. Yeah, um, and you know, I think has put together an album like basically a, a solo album that I believe he he um, pro- essentially plays and programs himself, um, and uh, and then as a touring act that that goes with it. But it's like all of the sort of blissful punk with like you know power pop inflection. Um, that just sounds like a like a you know super fuzz big muff meets uh, meets Beach Boys um, like kind of uh, mishmash that that like is purposely or like perfectly made uh, to you know catch my attention and get me playing it all year long. Yeah, so I, love this. I, it's funny. It was actually kind of I, from what I gather, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it was kind of billed as like. The outtakes EP from his actual yeah. debut record, and yeah, frankly, I think it's better. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, they're both really good, and but this one I liked it sounded a little raw or something. I don't know. The drums sound a little better on this one, but yeah, it's a it's like a power pop. It's a big star and Dino having a baby. I love it. It's great. Yeah, it's a, and I also uh, this is my official you know admission that I can no longer tell the difference between an album and an EP because this is uh, the same length as so many other people's albums um, these days. It's you know half hour. So, uh, yeah, I think it, yeah, at this point it's just if you really want to like get behind it as an artist or not. I feel like an EP yeah. is just something that you, you know, don't feel like touring against or something. Yeah, anyway, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll do the top four. Brother, brother, brother podcast. We are doing our annual top 21 uh, for 2023. We're doing it a little late, so forgive us the uh, delay, but um, I think we put together a pretty good list. And uh, the next up is number four, and it's No Names Sundial. And I love this record. Jer, hit it. Yeah, um, I think, you know, definitely up there with my favorite, probably my favorite hip hop album of the year. And no name is the uh, is Fatma Naina Warner, um, Chicago raised, Bronzeville raised, grew up on a ton of jazz, and, and the kind of her stage name No Name comes from actually a book club she has called the No Name uh, Book Club, which is you know kind of specializes in, in um, black authors and radical political texts and things like that. So I think all those things I just said, jazz, uh, radical, you know. Um, texts and books uh, are definitely yeah politics are definitely what you hear on this record it, it's a cool cool album and you know there's some guest uh, spots from like Jay Electronica and, and some other artists um, but yeah just a, it's it's got that sort of like the politics of like a public enemy or something or, or but even in like a, a modern day you know kind of delivery and, and but definitely has that jazz sampling and, and background um to like you know tribe and things like that and, and you know almost like spoken word sometimes it's yeah i think just an album that really grew on me and and, and um i know you guys loved it too but it's it's, the, ca- it's the catchiest fuck the man a record of the yeah, year. Yeah, it really is. And the catchiest use of like some kind of really hardcore jazz samples and things like that too. Um, yeah, I just thought her, her delivery is great. Um, it, it's it's fierce. You know, there's a lot of like, she's, she says a lot, you know, on this album, but um, but in a way that, that really kind of keeps it going. And, and I, I love this record and I know you guys do too, so I won't say much more than that. But um, And she, you know, interestingly, sorry, I did catch one nugget. She kind of came up via chance the rapper in chicago in that chicago scene so she had she was on a mixtape and that's where people kind of got her and encouraged her to, to do her own stuff yeah i think she was i think she was initially you know poet before she was a 
an art, a musical artist, <clears throat> and the writing is really um, impressive and dramatic and interesting. Um, you know, it's a lot. She's awesome with words. The product is a perk, Cirque du Soleil, monkey see, monkey do, clown on the avenue, clown in the stoop, no navel, no nipple, no nose, no neck, nobody to name me a claim, I'm the best one. Throw the next one to another one that we all liked a lot and I think was high on all of our lists and a band that I know Christian has been championed since the beginning, so number three is a Nation of Language, Strange Disciple. Yeah, and no, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right, this has been, I've been beating this drum for a while. I think they were my number three um, this year and, and uh, had actually, I, I, yeah, that's right. Um, and uh, and I, I looked um, at our 2020 list and I think their earlier album, um, uh, Presence, was my number two that year. Um, so, I, you know, I've been, love them for a while. I think great performers. Um, this is, uh, this band is, um, Ian Richard Devaney and Aiden Noel, um, and then they've got uh, Alex McKay on on bass, um, touring with them now. But the the core sort of of the group right now is is Ian Richard Devaney, who's been their lead vocalist since the beginning, and sort of uh, occasionally plays guitar and some percussion. And Aiden Noel, who sings backup vocals and and um, and uh, the synth. Um, I think and they're like, a married couple, no. I have no idea, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, we, they have been sort of mainstays of like um, Brooklyn performances for, you know, five years or so, um, maybe, maybe six, um, and were one of the, the sort of hardest working bands um, in the biz for a long time. They've... Uh, They've since really like found a, a great sort of um, uh, like I think constellation of, of support um, in the um, in the music business from like getting you know the support of like KEXP and and I think like Fabrizio Moretti is in a like he has a side project with uh, with Ian. Um, and you know I think they're just getting like plugged in in a way that's um, uh, that's that's really just sort of been great for the for the band's trajectory. Um, I it's like I would liken them to um, a sort of Matt and Kim in the sense that like the instrumentation is pretty stripped down, um, so you, you're not getting like uh, layers and layers and layers of instruments. It's I mean these are like these are synthy love songs, right? Or mm -hmm. synthy pop songs, um, and they're fucking great. Um, and if you if you like uh, oh, listening to a yeah if you, if you like a voice and and um, and a synth and, and maybe some bass and guitar in there like it's just killer um, and they've they've they have these like incredible melodies and hooks that like um, that that really pull you in. I remember September again was like the first song that that I was just obsessed with on that album Presence and then again in in this album. Um, 
uh, Strange Disciple, you've got like just a bunch of these earworms that are that are really um, tunneling their way in. Would you Would you guys think? It, remember, it reminded me. Um, well, obviously, you know the first inference is uh, OMD, who I think a lot of people in the states don't realize had as extensive a catalog and a, and as major an influence as they did. Um, you know, because everybody thinks so. You know, they were on the Pretty in Pink soundtrack, or the, they were on a couple of John Hughes soundtrack. But they were actually a very, very influential band in the 80s over in England and were really good. Um, and the, the, <coughs> the sound is definitely akin to OMD. The, um, this album particularly reminds me of an album that I had listed, I think it's number one the first year we did this or the second year we did this, which was Hookworms. And I think that mm. Hookworms got uh, disbanded. Uh, under horrible, you know, <laughs> canceled. <laughs> yeah, they got, uh, it, which was too bad because it was a really good band. But I think, um, you know, I think it was a hundred percent merited that they get they got the takedown. Um, but yeah, Nation of Language uh, is this album I probably listened to as much as any album this year, and um, I just I'm just recognizing now for the first time that Christian and I had the same top three. Um, oh really? <laughs> yeah, Nation of Languages was both of our number three. So with that, let's turn to the number two album of the year, uh, Jesse Ware. That feels good, Wyndham. Yeah, this is the album I definitely played as much as anything this year, and and um, you know that scene in in High Fidelity when uh, Jack Black throws on I think it's Jack Black throws on Beta Band or no John Cusack throws uh, on Beta it's Band. John Cusack yeah and, and Dry the Rain like, yeah I'm gonna, I'm gonna sell you know, watch this yeah. <laughs> I felt that way about Jesse where anytime I turned it on for other people, anytime I played it in someone else's car or, um, you know, out on a boat this summer, I think I sold a Jesse, a Jesse Ware albums. I sold as many Jesse Ware albums as I did Sunvolt Records in 1995. Um, <laughs> it's, it's just a fucking banger fest. There is, and it is unapologetically a awesome disco record. The first two songs, if they don't, if you're not moved by, you know, if your ass isn't moving by the, you know, in the first two songs, then you don't have a pulse. You're a bar Italian. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you literally can't, I mean, that bass line is just, is just fucking killer. Yeah, and, and there are certain times when... It's like the beginning of Saturday Night Fever, it's like, or... Yeah. Know, it's just, it's insane. Yeah, it, it, I just think, too, like... It was, you know, she she's an interesting backstory. She was a, uh, she's like forty years old. She's uh, was a backup singer, and I think, you know, electively a backup singer uh, because I don't think she wanted to be a front person. And you know, she comes from a. Uh, I think her dad is like a famous um, reporter, uh, television presenter, and she was following suit. I think she was actually a sports reporter. Um, uh, as a journalist when she was younger and you know she went to school with um, Florence uh, Florence and the Machine and Jack Pignanti and sang backup for both of them 
And, you know, we're big fans of both of those bands, but she was the sort of powerhouse backup singer for both of those. And then I think as she got a little older and more confident, stepped out and put out her own stuff. And the last, you know, several, the last couple albums certainly um, have been absolutely phenomenal. And she is every bit uh, <clears throat> a star and a front person. But on this one, it just, I don't know, it was like she got chic to back her up or something. It's, uh, <laughs> I mean, they're just absolute instant classics. And uh, Yeah, and I, I think those, uh, those last two records, What's Your Pleasure and That Feels Good, are like, I mean, it's just, it's everything, it's everything likable about the disco era, sort of yeah. <laughs> like it's hard to uh, make, distilled like, into the cocaine, the the uh, yeah, love. yeah. The, it's, it's the perfect yeah, exactly. ecstasy pill. You're like, oh wow, this goes so, so well together. Yeah, it, I I can't praise it highly enough, and I believe it was Damien's number one, um, which uh, you know I just I it, it it's which means nothing and has no impact on our. It's uh, in, impossible our to ignore this record. It's just too fucking in your face and awesome but with that said it doesn't feel like a, uh, a cover album you know it feels no it definitely feels like it's, like it's yeah it feels retro um but not imitative i wake up in the morning and i ask myself what am i doing on this planet god damn might as well impress myself i'll buy a purple leather jacket brings us to our number one album of the year which was a shocker of a unanimous choice uh not a shocker um for any reason other than i wouldn't have thought i didn't think you guys listened to this as much as i did this year and it is eve tumors praise the lord who choose but which does not i'm gonna leave it at that because the album title is <laughs> I've been tri- it's an album title i've been tripping over since I started, it's been really hard to proselytize about Eve Toomer, um, and uh, I just call it Praise the Lord. Uh, but, yeah, Jer, you and I saw Eve at, in Boston this year at a, at a very yeah, undersold uh, concert that he... Undersold, but a great show. ...blew the fucking you know, doors and, off. Yeah, and also I would say, like, if you're at an undersold show and the audience is as into it as that audience was, that's always a great sign. You know, it's like everybody that was there, including ourselves, and we certainly, um, again, we're probably the older, older, oldest two of the, the show, um, was there and loved this album and loved uh, Eve. And so, yeah, and also, you know, original name, Sean Lee Bowie, um, you know, be it. Turin, he's in Italy now, right? Or they in Italy? He's in Turin, Italy. Yeah, they, uh, okay. they are in Turin, Italy. Um, I think um, from Knoxville originally. 
Yeah, from Knoxville, moved around, but at a young age kind of really hit the world and, and uh, you know, started putting out some music with uh, Miki Blanco and, and um, the Berlin label and dance label, which I'm escaping my name, but escaping um, the name is escaping me, I should say. But yeah, no, I mean, somebody who's definitely been pretty global and got the fuck out of Tennessee at a young age, um, you know, and, and just a super creative person i mean musically you know i think we, we talked about this album when it came out so definitely bowie tv on the radio uh prince you know uh, nine inch nails there's just a lot of really cool genres mixed in here and yeah an album that like has aggressive points as dancey industrial you know, has, yeah. yeah industrial noise and and you know like you said when I, I listened to it we liked the last record and the ep quite a bit and I did listen to this all year, but the show for me was definitely like the best show I saw in 2023, and that always makes me dig back into an album. Yeah, and I, I will say it was number two show for me, um, just behind the best show I've seen in probably 10 years, which was uh, Model Actress at a, at a like 50 capacity club um, where the lead singer... Um, went nose to nose with every single person in the room. It was uh, it was an experience. That band rips live. And their album, uh, you know, had, had potential on my list but didn't make it. But um, just a, you know, second to shout out uh, Model Actress as, as probably the best live band going right now. And Eve Toomer is a very, very close second. Eve Toomer, you know, I kind of consume as like a, uh, um, as an visual artist almost as much as a recording artist i love the music but there's so much um you know there's so much style and they're such an imposing figure uh it was i think that's part of the you know the amazing part of yeah, it's the, like an art project almost yeah the live show is that there is you know incredible amount of thought and effort put into styling the singer and the band and also, it's inescapable that it's a huge person. So, um, you know, doing arty stuff. I mean, I don't know how what Eve Toomer is, you know, 6'4", but um, it's it's an imposing figure. And it really does feel... 6'6 um, on, like, several-inch heels. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It does feel like a multi-dimensional <laughs> art project because yeah. um, there is so much thought put into styling everybody styling the stage and really well, the, the, the music. classic i mean so the the class what's so funny to me is like um and and sort of digging into the the like rock persona here and then also um the music it's like i i'm still i'm still like learning how they fully connect um, but I think it's, uh, what I, what I love about this is that like, you know, all the reference points that you'll see like written about, um, are, it's like, he has these sort of like Prince sensibilities or like David Bowie-esque in the sense that he's like, you know, um, he's like cutting through hierarchies of like, whether it's gender or race or, um, uh, nationality you know, or, or yeah, or nationality or whatever. It's just, it's it's like deconstructing all those different sort of, um, uh, all those different kind of like norms, right? For for um, for lack of a better term. But like when you actually read interviews, um, 
Toomer's like talking about how he you know gets gets like the main influence is like throbbing gristle or something mm-hmm. and it's just like yeah, oh i don't hear that at all but yeah. like yeah exactly but it's just like the weirdness of um that sort of like art lineage uh and and truly like off the you know like off the main stage kind of um kind of early punk stuff which i think is like really informing yeah the aesthetics the the musical choices like um it's it's very cool. I think it, I, I think it's say. someone who wants to disrupt um, stylistically and maybe innately can't stop writing hooks, you know. Yeah, right. that's that's a, that's a winning combination, right? It there. is. I, I love um, it. Yeah, I mean that's that's somebody who has like the potential to to, to lead a small revolution in um, in uh, in the indie world. So. <laughs> Finally did it. Yeah, but um, happy, 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 happy. Out there so you can, jo- you can join us again in nine months for uh, for our next annual, <laughs> which is already for what we're looking forward to in twenty twenty four. By the way, which is already gaining <laughs> some steam with uh, the smiles release. I, I think that's one of the best things I've heard in a while. So um, anyway, we'll see if that that lasts the year. But thank you guys for uh, taking time, and I, th- I had a really fun time uh, counting down the year's best with you guys. I'm Wyndham Lewis. On behalf of my brothers, Jeremy Sartori and Christian Lewis, thank you very much for listening to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. Many thanks also to our heroic producer, Damian Kendall, and to Simon Doom for our epic intro music. Learn more about the pod at brotherpod.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and it's extremely helpful if you rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.